Corey Usselton, Superintendent of Education for DeSoto County Schools, and you're listening to one of my favorite podcasts, OB Pod. Morning, Cash. Morning, Zach. How we doing, brother? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. You know, had a nice little start to my week, but I, I kind of wanted to get kickstarted on yours because you're smiling over there. I'm a little nervous. Well, you know, of course, you heard the intro right there. I, and, I, uh, I did. I'd, uh, it's, it's been a great week, man. I'm yeah. not going to lie because, you know, getting to sit down with the boss and have an interview for this episode, you know, the juice is pumping and... Uh, I got to tell you, man. I uh, you know I did something different. I set up dual recording devices for our interview this time. Did he know you set up dual recording well, devices? We're, we're, that's not important. Okay, right now. okay, that's not important. And uh, you know, of course, there was a moment early in the in the interview where you know I was talking about myself, and then he made a comment that just mm-hmm. it changed my world. You know, okay. put me upside down like that. I'm gonna play it for you real quick. Here, here. hold on, hold on. Uh, one of the best employees we got. Uh, <laughs> you know, a vital part of the district. Couldn't do it without you. <laughs> You've got to be kidding me, right? What, what do you mean? It sounds a little edited. I've got some giggling going on in the background. Edited? Yeah. It, this it, is my moment you're talking about. Yeah. And I, I don't know how much I can believe your moment. Is there video? Was there a hostage in the room? Like, what was... <laughs> No, I did not have Will unlock and key in the closet or anything like that. And no, there was no money on the table or anything else. <laughs> okay. Just, uh, uh, we, how, how dare you? We, we, we've got this potentially edited audio <laughs> of your moment. But no, congratulations. <laughs> You are doing a fantastic job out uh, there, and you have come a long way, and it is fantastic to see you continue to develop kids and make them into better people. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, in all honesty, he, uh, he we were just doing an audio check. Yeah. I, I mean, you were just having fun with it. But, uh, but no, I mean, he, he gave a true and honest compliment that I, I think should ring bells to what you are doing in the Olive Branch community, but also to be able to get those things from your boss boss right there that's huge the boss yes the boss but yeah now i mean what do you call it? i'll tell you this man getting to talk to Corey was just uh it was refreshing you know do you know he is the first guest we've ever had that we didn't have to do a single stop and redo for the entire interview and we talked for 30 minutes now the interview's not 30 minutes long no. i mean because we had to cut it up but i mean like wow i mean like the guy knows how to talk he you know he knows what he, he knows his stuff and so it, it's a good interview i hope everybody enjoys it yeah. later in this episode uh you know he talks really good stuff about you know the schools what happened last year what to expect some this year and hearing it from him and you know hearing the sincerity of it that's what matters to me it means more being able to hear it from the superintendent and the person that everybody wants to hear it from oh yeah so i'm glad that he was good enough to come on and give us that kind of conversation there's no doubt there was no doubt i got to visit with him in person in hernando it it was pretty cool and so i think other things that people want to hear about lenny and briscoe how they doing (laughs) the uh the puppies are doing great uh man they're just wild all over the place of course my kids are soaking up like a dry sponge man they you know they, you know, of course, my wife, they spoil them rotten already. I mean, <laughs> I got no chance. You know, I used to be like third fiddle in the house. It yeah. was the kids, and then it was me. Well, then we had cats, and then I became fifth, sixth, seventh fiddle. Well, I mean, now let's be honest. Cheeto eighth, is like number one in the heart, at least for me. Like, yeah, uh, that cat is our spirit animal and the mascot of this podcast, just not shown. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
So yeah, I'm, I'm used to being just dead last when it comes to the desire factor of my family, <laughs> but you know, it is what it is. But, but yeah, I started a new thing getting uh breakfast with one of my buddies, Michael, who's a listener of the podcast. And I realized we don't have many breakfast places in Olive Branch. No, so we do not. Made the uh, trek out to Germantown to taste out some of the goods that are going to be coming to the Silo Square stacks. Got to say, that place is fantastic. Yes. I I really wish they were coming to Olive Branch instead of South Haven, but maybe we'll get some of these breakfast places coming. And it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, no, there's no doubt. Well, there's big developments coming into Olive Branch. I know next week we're going to have some more talk about that. And so uh, maybe we can, we'll touch on that a little bit more. Absolutely. Now, earlier you told me that your new job, there's been some guys making some crazy bets. And <laughs> this is something I still can't fathom. But to the average person who lives around here, maybe you can enlighten them. Give us some examples of some of the bets you've been dealing with when it comes to your new job over at the casino. Yeah, I mean, we've taken some very big bets, like near the millions of dollars wow. in that kind of thing. In but Tunica, Mississippi. In Tunica, Mississippi. There, there's wow. big money coming out from all over the place to make some of these bets. And then... Even had a couple people well over 10,000 just in baseball yesterday. And something like that blows my mind. And hope, I mean, hopefully we continue to see that kind of money flowing through. But baseball wow. usually doesn't get that kind of action. Now, football season, whoo, I've heard horror stories of the amount of people coming up with money that we're going to be betting. So wow. we'll have a lot of fun. Yeah. And especially we'll talk about football in our sports section today. Yes, got a lot going on for sports. We're going to preview some of the stuff we're going to do coming up for the next few weeks, as well as some big news for college football. So it'll be a great little section. Um, so, Cash, uh, I got a few emails with people who sent us jokes. Ooh. And I was like, this could be a trend I can deal with. Yeah. You know, we, could, maybe we could choose a few that we really like, you know, and that are you know appropriate and a couple a couple of yeah. jokes we got i was like uh yeah, <laughs> delete <Yeah>. delete <laughs> i laugh but i can't say that <laughs> yeah really so uh do appreciate it which i will find to everybody that was mm-hmm. great uh, and everything else so uh i've got three more for you if all you right. are ready to roll let me get it. okay here we go you ready all right so cash my mother said i don't have a good sense of directions so i packed up and went right I mean, it's kind of stupid, but yeah, I mean, I thought oh, it was pretty good. I, I do like that. <laughs> good. I, All right. Cash, did you know the video game slash movie franchise Mortal Kombat was based on a Scandinavian church song? I have no idea where this is going. It's based on a Finnish hymn. God. <laughs> <laughs> I, I truly do wonder how some people come up with some of these uh, things, uh, because that is amazing. So that's one of those things but, where you have to know the game and yes. the movie, you know, you know, so it's one of those things. But also, that movie, it was terrible, but in all of the right ways. And if you haven't seen it, please go ahead and enjoy just that hour and a half of just... Poor what? acting, poor writing, but decent special effects. That's all you want. Like, I mean, I don't know if you played the games or anything, but I'm not wanting Oscar yeah, acting or yeah, anything. Yeah. All right, last one, and my favorite by far. Okay. So, Cash, what did the egg yell at the kicking house party? Cannonball! Nope. I'm lit. <laughs> there it is. I'm lit. Oh, my goodness. Uh, thank you all for the emails, guys. It was good stuff. We appreciate it. Please continue to email us any of those or even some of the breakfast spots. Like, if you've got a restaurant in the area, because I don't want to drive to Germantown every time. So, please, feel free. Yeah. I know it. Other than Neighborhood Grill and Waffle House and IHOP, that's that's your option. Yeah, I know, and and that's a shame. 
Yeah. We always want to remind y'all, if you're enjoying what you're listening to, please make sure you have hit the subscribe button on your podcast listening app, or if you're on the computer or whatever, uh, it, it really, really helps us and make sure that your episodes get downloaded immediately when they become live every Monday morning. And you can share those by hitting the copy the link or sharing our post on Facebook and Twitter to let your friends and family know so they can enjoy our content as well. Please do that for us to help us out. Now, guys, we've been watching Facebook a lot, and we're a part of three or four great groups that are Olive Branch-centric, like the Bulletin Board, News, and a few others. And we have seen several families that have reached out to these groups looking for places to live and stay, looking for housing, because it is very difficult. The market is very tight. And as always, we recommend Brian Couch of Birch Realty, and he is a part of Team Couch. And they do a fantastic job, guys. They have over 64 years of combined experience, have done over 25,000 closings in the last 10 years, and have been ranked number one in DeSoto County over four times and are nationally ranked due to several magazines. This is the number one realtor group in the area. And so if you know someone in the area that's looking about buying, selling, or looking to move into the area, whatever the reason may be, Please recommend Brian Couch and his team at Team Couch. And that is at teamcouch.com. Or you can call them at any time and at number 662-449-1700. Now we want to kickstart your week with our motivational message. Let me speak to that person that feels like they lost their worth that they value. This is a dollar bill. Now if I go to the store and there's something for 90 cents. Can I buy it with this dollar bill? Okay, all right. So if I go to the store and there's something for 85 cents and after tax, it ends up being 96 cents. Can I buy it with this dollar bill? Okay, all right. So what if I ball the dollar bill up? Think about it now. Like I just bought the dollar bill up. Like, so it can't be worth a dollar now. It's probably worth like 95 cents, right? How much do you think it's worth? A dollar, listen, y'all got to pay attention. I just balled it up. So clearly it's not worth a dollar anymore. All right, all right, so maybe, what if I step on it? What if I stomp it? I just stomped it. How much is it worth now? Maybe 65 cents, 68 cents? It's still worth a dollar? Okay, what if I ball it up? What if I stomp on it? And then I put it in the trash can and it's sitting here with some trash and it's around some beer and some gum and a bunch of other nasty stuff. And some guy off the street pulls the dollar out, unfolds it. How much is it worth now? Maybe 82 cents? And make, what, come on, at least 92 cents? It's okay, all right, so what if I ball it up? What if I step on it? What if I put it in the trash? And then, watch this, I tear it in half. Think about it now, right? How much is it worth now? A dollar? I could tape it? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait, 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 wait. Wait a second. Wait a second. I just, I just balled it up. I just stepped on it. I put it in trash. I pulled it out. Then I tore it in half. And you mean to tell me I can pick the dollar up, I can wipe it off, and I can put some tape around it, and it's still worth a dollar? Then why, if this dollar doesn't lose its worth or its value, then why do you feel like you've lost your worth of value? Because many of you feel like you've been stepped on, you feel like you've been pushed aside, you feel like you've been abandoned, you feel like you've been talked about, you feel like you've been abused, like someone took from you, someone hurt you, somebody took advantage of you, and deep down inside your core, you feel like you've lost some of your value. And I am here to tell you today that this dollar still has worth and value 
Because there are some men years ago who put value over this life and said that no matter what happens to it, it can still be taped back together. It can still be wiped off. And I am here to tell you that you were created and you're born and you're here and you have life and you have purpose and you have value. And though you've gone through some hard times and though you've experienced some depression and you might be wanting to hurt yourself and you might want to give up, I am here to tell you you still got worth and value. And there is nothing that can happen that can take your worth and your value away. So what you gotta do now, you gotta pick yourself up. You gotta dust yourself off and you gotta keep moving. Guys, as always, I hope you enjoyed our motivational message. Uh, we always look forward to adding those. We get a lot of compliments and a lot of emails saying thank you. They look forward to having something that kind of brightens the day or the week. And so we're going to continue doing that. It's one of our favorite sections. Uh, something else is one of the favorite for us around here, and that is Michael Hatcher & Associates. Guys, this is a great company here in Olive Branch. Uh, Michael Hatcher is a part of so many things in our community. Uh, he's a part of the group that runs the Lander Center. He does so many community functions for everyone around here in Olive Branch. He's a fixture at the schools. And, uh, they have donated so much to Center Hill High School, the middle school, and elementary. And now they're over there helping out with Olive Branch and are working their way over to Lewisburg. Uh, this is truly a company that really cares about the community. I could sit here and talk positive about them for an hour. Um, you know, he's a personal friend and it's just, it's great to have him as part of our podcast. And so we always like to tell y'all guys, this is a great place to work. And if you are in between jobs or need a change in your job and really just want to try something different. And I promise you, you'll be working for a company that is not what a lot of people think when you think of landscape or things. It's not somebody cracking a whip and you're sweating your life away, you know, on the side of a mower. It's truly a place where they do art, design. They really go the extra mile to make sure every customer is happy, but they also go even farther to make sure they show that their employees are appreciated. We talked about bonuses they give just for being there, doing their parts. They have great benefits. They also have amazing insurance. Uh, you can even get into stock options for the company. You know, So, I mean, what else do you need to hear other than this is the place to be? So if you're considering employment changes or new employment or you're looking for a career to get into, Michael Hatcher & Associates is the place to go. Please call them today. They have a great, great talent acquisition manager. Her name is Gabby, and you can reach her at 662-755-3207. That is 662-755-3207. Or you can go to HatcherLandscape.com. Now, I did look at my calendar, and I actually got it right. So we did have an alderman meeting this week. Uh, no no more messages. That a boy. <laughs> it was very interesting to see Ken up there, not just because it was bad or anything. It was just he's different, I, I think, is the best way to do it. And one cool thing to start off the alderman meeting was we all stood up and did the Pledge of Allegiance. And seeing everyone in there, it, it was just a fun little experience that I haven't had since high school. Yeah. You know, when, when do you get Days to do of something like out that? Of a, getting out of a desk and being, putting your hand across your chest? Well, I mean, for some of those average-sized people, they were probably getting out of their desk. But you and me, we were probably picking up the desk and just kind uh, of standing there awkwardly. That's where you get that whole, you have to suck in and then like <laughs> shimmy your hips to your left to slide out, you know. And if you were wearing abrasive clothing, you're, you're, you're paying for it. Oh, yeah. It, it was absolutely rough. <laughs> But no, it was fun. Ken keeps a nice little pace, gives everyone that extra opportunity just to make sure that 
they know it's like, hey, this is your speak now or forever hold your peace kind of moment. That's so, great. I mean, it, it's just interesting to see the difference between mayors and how they want to go about these things. There you go. And one of the first things is, as we know with these aldermen meetings, something always gets recognized. And this week, it was the first regional library, or as we're going to find out how it got its name. That's right, fact of the week week this week, yeah. The B.J. Chain Public Library, and they're up for their allotment of money, their revenue, whatever it is that you get. And guys, they didn't shut down a single time during the pandemic. Can you believe that? Uh, That really doesn't surprise me, actually. You know what I mean? I think that library is so well ran and everything else. It, it really doesn't surprise me. You still have to service the needs of people. And they did just that. They went through a lot of just come pick up. We'll set your books right there outside. They're doing a little bit of drive through anything they can to make sure that the community has this special resource that it needs. And they also offer something that I didn't even know that they had, but 60 free hotspots for the house. And I think you get to rent them out for a week. And then you got to come back, bring it, and it's already checked out. So if you need a mobile hotspot, make sure you call the library so that you can get on that waiting list to have internet in your home. That's amazing because, you know, you think about libraries, you'd never think that electronic mm-hmm. devices would be something you could check out. But in today's day and age, uh, I think it's a great addition considering we had the pandemic last year. Yeah. There were people out there who did not have internet or their internet was just based through a small phone and you couldn't do schoolwork or have issues and uh, it was a troubling for everybody, so uh, kudos to the library for you know stepping up and doing that. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more, and they even started doing a lot of digital checkout books, kind of like Kindles and e-readers and things of that nature. So they really developed and made the system during the pandemic, and it's working flawlessly. That's awesome. So hopefully they get the budget that they need, or even a little bit more, especially for these hotspots, because a lot of the aldermen didn't know that that was being pushed out from the library. So hopefully we can get a few more in there. Sweet. This was an interesting alderman meeting because we've already kind of talked about most of it. And this is just the next phase in the plan. So a lot of it just approved. So we're going to go through this pretty quick. We'll just read through the bullet points. Absolutely. Now, one of the things we do want to talk about real quick (laughs) is. That's right. It's the menace to society alert. (laughs) And there was three little properties that happened to pop up on there yeah there was three properties on there cash i saw your notes on this uh, you know of course they don't give you the address but they give you lot 161 lot 8085 and the last one lot 10662 and so if you are one of these individuals who owns one of these lots do better shame on you yeah just do better for How us we want to make olive branch a beautiful place yeah get off the menace alert let's yeah. go like, no, go ahead do what you gotta do it's not that hard the first thing is we're going to be going back to 9150 Hacks Cross Road, and all this is going to be is a plat revision from taking 2.82 acres and changing it into two separate plots, 1.09 acres, 1.73 acres. Now, the math is perfect, and there's going to be a little easement going through it. One's going to be a gas station, and then the other's a nice little service store right there. And we talked about this about at the very beginning three months ago. It was approved unanimously as it's just the next step in this process there you go the next one is going to be a final subdivision plot at waldron pond and it is going to be turning 4.5 acres into a single lot and this is located at the west end of spring hill drive just north of college road it was approved unanimously the third thing was a final plat on robinson crossing subdivision and this is that one that is right there in 
South Haven right there on the border. Mm -hmm. And it is 17.64 acres. And they're going to turn it into 64 single family homes. And it just blows my mind. 17 acres. Yes. 64 homes. It's just absolutely crazy. And it's also going to have a common open space. And a roadway through it. So container homes. Yeah, you're not even putting. It's going to look like pods out there. Yeah, I mean, it's more like 15 acres for 64 family homes. And I know this is a need. And I know these starter homes are necessary. But man, that is just so tiny considering of what a lot of the houses we know. You hope that that there's a a building standard that the builder has put in place or the developer would like that. So that it's not a situation where in 25 years... This is the first, you know, this turns into something you want to avoid. You know what I'm saying? That's the, that's the thing you got to look at. And so if they do it right, they set things in place. I have faith in our alderman. I have faith in yeah. the mayor that they, they see a future plan with this. And so I'm good with it. We'll just see how it goes. Oh, and we've already seen a lot of the houses in that neighborhood as this is the last one that they're going to be able to do any of those houses on. And all of those still look nice. It's just, man, that is just not. It does make you cringe a little bit. It's not why you're Mississippi, but I understand the need. I mean, we're growing at such a rapid pace and bravo to them for making the tough decisions that need to be made. Agreed. And then the last thing is one of my favorite things. Yes, we are still getting a quick trip. And this was a little bit of a fun one to talk about because there actually is a lot of free open grass right there off of the interstate that quick trip isn't going to own. But they had a spokesperson come down and actually say, don't worry, we're not going to make the city mow that or pay for those services. We want to make sure that it looks nice and be a good citizen in the city of Olive Branch. So we're going to take care of all of that and make sure that it looks nice. And I can say any quick trip I have been to, extremely well lit, well maintained, no garbage sitting in the parking lot or anything. They are going to be a fantastic citizen. But it was just making sure that all the agriculture is sitting there in place, that this quadrant is going to get rezoned for them. And they bought an extra little causeway right there on the I-78-305 side. And all of this was approved unanimously. That's great. That's great. That's awesome. And then the last final thing was a little bit of construction of those old water clay water pipes that we're talking about in downtown Olive Branch. Correct. Yes. It finished early and more importantly... It finished under budget. It was say what? Yes, government work was done cheaper than it was allotted to, and we saved as a city seventy one hundred and seventy two dollars. And the government paid for seventy five percent of the entire one hundred sixty one thousand one hundred thirteen dollars, and the city paid for twenty five percent. Well, there you go. That's great. And then the the last different thing that Ken does is he doesn't kick us all out of the court like Phillips did, they all go into the back room and then come back out into the court. So it's just little different things, but that's hey, cool. Just That's a lot like what the, uh, the board does at the school. Mm-hmm. They, you know, they go to a, a, a private session, you yeah. know, uh, into another room. So that's pretty cool. So uh, instead of like seeing everybody just exit stage left immediately, they kind of mingle while the board goes off into the back and it's just like, huh, I like that. You know, just, Hey, like y'all are here, go ahead and communicate amongst one another, talk, get to know each other again, or just feel free to vomitose. Vomitose. Appreciate those notes, brother. All right, guys, it's time for our news and announcements. And as we've mentioned the last couple of weeks, the Mid-South Fair is coming back to the Lander Center. And they are bringing back plenty of classics, including several new rides. Make sure you put this on your calendar. They will be there from September 23rd all the way to October 3rd. 
And I'm really excited because as we talked about last time, I do like a lot of those carnival rides, but mostly I just enjoy getting my fat on and enjoying funnel cakes, corn on the cob, which I know a lot of people don't consider carnival classics, but oh, it is. And that sweet, sweet, sweet lemonade. Mm, man. Okay. Stop talking like that, man. I haven't eaten a decent breakfast yet. Well, and that's the important thing because we're about to go get our grub on somewhere else. Yes. Uh, what do you call it? The Soto Graces today. Uh, we're recording on a Saturday morning, the way our schedule is now. and But we are going to head out there around lunchtime to uh, visit with my friend Aaron and uh, his group, the Mother Cluckers. Cluck, cluck, cluck. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We're going to be rooting at least Aaron on yes. in this hot wing cooking contest and hopefully next year i can get a little bit more information so i can ask off of work and take down any citizen who thinks they're going to eat more hot wings than me <laughs> in a satisfied time limit yeah i'm looking forward to it you know they got a dunk tank out there that's going to have several uh cool people that i, I know a few of them mm-hmm. you know uh even the state senator a principal or two i was about to say i saw some co-workers sitting up yeah, there yeah uh, and, you know and of course like i said they're going to have uh tasting for different wings they're going to have burgers dogs all kinds of cooking great entertainment for kids uh, the only thing I'm concerned about is it's going to be a thousand degrees. Yes. And that's why I kind of wish hopefully next year we get an invite to be in the dunk tank so I can get a little bit of cooling off period. Don't really care if I'm invited or not. Might be in the dunk tank <laughs> one way or the other. But, uh, but anyway. I mean, there's going to be water slides out there and I'm excited to see what the community can do for one yeah. another and especially for DeSoto Grace. Yeah, no doubt. I think, and it's a great, it's a great benefit. So I think it's awesome. Uh, I just hope everybody picks up after themselves and the places you know, keeps it nice. I mean, those soccer fields are great. It's a true highlight of the area because those soccer fields are some of the nicest around, especially for DeSoto County. And uh, I want to keep that area nice and clean. You know, and Cash, speaking of cleaning, we're going to talk about our buddies DeSoto cleaning. And that is Brian and his crew. Now, guys, if you have a house, home, business, whatever, and you've got some cleaning issues when it comes to your flooring, uh, this is the guy to call. They specialize in tile and grout, hardwood, steam cleaning. They even do some concrete stuff. Uh, they are really, really good at their work. Um, I encourage you to go and check out Facebook. They have several videos on there that shows what kind of work they can do. And the things that will blow your mind are the before and after videos. You know, you're looking at a floor going, oh, that doesn't look too bad. And, it's like, and then the machine runs across you. You're like, oh, my God, what have I been walking on? You know, and so uh, it's really, really good. Like I said, it's a local company ran by a local guy who's been here a long time. Uh, it does great, great work. I can't encourage you more enough. They've been doing it for over 17 years. And get this. If you mention OB Pod, they're going to give you 15% off your quote and your bill, of course, if you decide to hire them. So go check them out. They're out on Facebook. That is DeSoto Cleaning. Now, this is going to be the last week that we are mentioning anything about the co-ed softball league that is going to be taking place here in Olive Branch. So this is basically your last reminder to register if you want to go ahead and do it. You must have five men, five women on your team as it is co-ed. It is going to cost you $400 as a team. So make sure you collect 50 bucks from everybody or however many people you have on your team. Do the math. And you can go ahead and register at OB Parks at their office, 8877 College Street, Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Or you can give them a call at 662-893-529. Guys, if you have a house or have know someone who has a house that maybe is in some dire straits, needs some updating, bad shape, maybe just don't want to fool with, maybe they got it in a divorce or lost of a loved one, and you want to unload it quick... Uh, and you've seen those signs that you're always worried about where people say, Hey, we buy houses fast for cash or things of that nature. And you're like, yeah, they just sound sketchy. 
Well, I can give you a recommendation for a company that is not sketchy, that is actually right here local in the Olive Branch, the East DeSoto County area, and that is Rodman Properties. If you go to their website, ibuydesoto.com, they are a local company that buys houses in this area, or and also they turn them sometimes into investment properties or rentals, or they flip them and sell them right back to the community, but they always do so after they've improved the home. They always make sure it's 100% up to date, uh, in great shape, livable, and a betterment of the community. And that's why we love promoting them for our podcast because they do such a great job for everybody around here. If you have one of these houses and you want to see about maybe trying to sell it fast, you want to get out of town quick, or whatever the situation might be, there's so many different ways that can happen. Go check them out at ibuydesoto.com. And let them know what you've got going, and they'll come out and look at your house, give you a fair offer, or they might even be able to help you out with some property management. You name it. Just check out their website. You won't regret it. That is iBuyDeSoto.com. The Soto County Ghostbusters are putting up a ride for cause that's going to help the Palmer Home for Children. And if you know anything about this group, they are one of the best charity organizations in the area i've done a lot with the palmer home for children and as well as the desoto county ghostbusters who just show up to all of these events and bring in more money for the community they have a whole bunch of giveaways that they do and they just show up to local businesses and help promote them they're one of the best groups in the area and this ride for a cause is going to start at the southern thunder harley davidson right under the water tower and go through multiple stops in DeSoto County. One of them is being that Mississippi Ale House, OB Pizza, and more importantly, Backwater Brewery. That's right. That's our dudes over there, guys. That is Twinkie and JR, or as he likes to be called, Caleb sometimes. Uh, they are amazing fellows. They have a great, great little nano brewery. And it is the only brewery in Olive Branch, as well as DeSoto County. If, you didn't, if you've never seen how a brewery works or how things operate from start to finish, they have this amazing glass atrium where you can mm-hmm. go and see all of their products, where how they start the entire process. The hops, the ingredients, the name, you name it. It's all right there for your viewing pleasure, as well as you get to taste some of the local handmade products right there. Some would even say amazing. <laughs> nice little pun there. I like that. Thank you very much. And if you're wondering why we're saying that, it's because that is their new Mexican lager. And it is spelt like the corn, A-M-A-I-Z-E. And I've got to say, being a fan of many multiple Mexican lockers, this is absolutely my favorite. They knocked it out of the park. And this is the one that you're going to be wanting to drink all summer long. Yeah, truly, truly amazing stuff, guys. They put new things on the menu almost every week. It's just a fantastic selection. And again, it's something local. How many yeah. times you can say you went to a brewery and tried something that was made right there in your hometown or in your community? It's just so rare. And they're just such cool laid back guys. And the, and the environment of this place is fantastic. It's off the charts. Yeah, it's a cool little loft thing above the uh, the brewery. It's a cool place to hang out. Just enjoy. They have these amazing growlers for sale you can buy. And they'll fill them up, clean them up. And so you want to try different flavors. Yeah. It's, just, it's just a fantastic place. Go up there for a game night. Feel it out. Just enjoy your nice little chill evening. Take a growler or two home. Enjoy it for the week so you know what you want to go back for the next week. Guys, this is right there in Old Town, and it's on 9203 Highway 178. And if you want to see some more pictures or some other things like that, go to their Facebook page. They are at at backwater.ms. All right. And this is going to be in the same place as the brand new Cotton Gin. That's, That's right. right. We're saying brand new because is or a guy named Cliff is coming in and completely changing what Old Town is going to look like. 
it is going to be an epic development. I'm pretty excited. I know you've been in contact with him, Cash. I'm yep. hoping to get him on the podcast, what, next week or so? Next after? week he should be on talking about a lot of things. Some things that I can kind of tease in there. you got those apartments that we've seen in the design online. But he's also going to have two stages for bands. And his dream is to have one playing inside and one playing outside. So it's going to be excited to hear him fully tell us how all of that is going to work. Not only that, Old Town, that whole little area is also getting extra development. Even our one of our favorite food trucks, say, man, I, I is coming be more in. Excited. Man, it is Tacoholics. Tacoholics is getting a spot right there, and they're even going to be doing a little bit of combination stuff with a backwater brewery. So if you're a big fan of these Mexican beers or ciders, they're going to be working with one another. Man, that's going to be awesome, guys. That's some of the best food I've had in Olive Branch, and I'm pretty pumped for the guys to get a brick-and-mortar place. So uh, I think you're going to see us at Old Town a lot more. Yes, absolutely. I cannot wait to see how all of this gets developed and what it does for the city. Ken Adams said he was going to do a lot of these things. Well, he's delivering as soon as he got in. There's no doubt. Guys, the last thing we want to mention on our news and announcements uh, is Honor the Troops Classic Golf Tournament. It will be back in September. Now, remember, we said this started back in 2015 and has been going on every year except for the pandemic last year. They have already raised over $125,000 for the local veterans, and also they donate a lot of money to the Walter Reed Society, which, of course, benefits the Walter Reed Medical Center. As we said, it's going to be in early September, and if you want to be a part of this, they are looking for sponsors because they want to make sure anyone and everyone who is a veteran or is a current member who wants to play plays for free. Or first responder. Yeah, that's exactly. So, guys, you can always go to Honor Our Troops Classic. Or if you're interested in being part of the golf or want to donate, whatever the situation is, you can call Mike Brown at 270-841-0808. Or you can call Chris Vanderbrook at 314-402-2704. And we'll put those names and numbers in our show notes if you wanted to help support. So guys, that wraps up our announcements and news. And we have a terrific show ahead. We have Corey Usselton's interview coming up, as well as we're going to have a really quick movie review or basically just a rating of Black Widow, as well as we're going to talk about a sports section, as well as some upcoming concerts in the area as we want to start adding that to our show. We hope you enjoy. Is planning your summer getaway becoming too much of a hassle? Then reach out to Sue Ellen and Ann Christopher of Magical Destinations. Whether it's a trip to Disney World, Universal Studios, or a tropical getaway, these ladies can help you plan the trip of your dreams. They work to get the best rates with headache-free planning. Magical Destination is locally owned in Hernando, so give them a call today at 662-469-6304, or you can find them on Facebook or Instagram at Magical Destinations Unlimited. With summer here, are you looking to start renovating? Well, North Mississippi Dumpster is the local business you want to contact. All you have to do is head over to DeSotoDumpsters.com. You'll be able to find all of your pricing and sizing needs. They're open seven days a week and have fantastic prices. They carry 13 and 20 yard roll-off dumpsters that are in great conditions so you don't have an eyesore sitting in your yard or on your job site. They service DeSoto, Tate, Marshall, and Tunica counties. So visit them at DeSotoDumpsters.com or give them a call at 901 901- Hey guys and gals, I'm pretty excited today. I've got an awesome guest. Uh, My boss, Mr. Corey Usselton, has joined us and uh, he's going to sit down for a few minutes and let us know about the upcoming school year and how things are going. And uh, I just can't, uh, can't thank you enough for your time, Corey. Well, thank you, Zach. I'm glad to be here. I appreciate the invitation. Oh, well, I, uh, it means a lot. Now, you know, there's a lot of people who feed us on our, uh, our email and social media. You know, me being a school administrator that asked me a lot of specific questions and, 
you know, in my job, you make sure that you do what's best for the kids and the community around. And I think there's nobody better here to convey what's coming up for this year than you. And uh, so I think it means a lot to our listeners. Like any guest we have, I always ask, you know, how are things going for you personally? How's your summer been? Anything you want to kind of tell, a, you know, people realize that you are not just a superintendent. You are a father, a husband, a, a dad, all that kind of good stuff. Tell me about your summer first. We've had a great summer, actually. Uh, my wife, Amanda, my two sons, Jackson and Will. Uh, have really enjoyed uh, the summer months. Uh, even though a superintendent, uh, it's a year-round job, uh, almost a 24-7 job, uh, especially in the month of June, it does uh, kind of calm down a little bit, you know, when you're transitioning from the last school year to the next one. So uh, we've been able to have a lot of family uh, activities, a lot of family fun, and uh, just like everyone else, we're seeing the summer uh, come quickly to an end, but we've uh, definitely made the most of it. Man, I, uh, when you say the summer coming to an end, it is, uh, it's, it's, it's heartbreaking sometimes. I'm not going to lie. It is. That's good to hear. Well, I got to tell you that, uh, you know, we had a great administrative staff development uh, yesterday. I, uh, I'm not trying to blow your skirt up, you uh-huh. know, as being the boss and all that stuff, but it is really good. It's something really good that we do here in the district where we get all the administrators together, we get on the same page, and you're able to give a great message. And one of the messages you gave yesterday that really stuck with me, I don't know if you saw me, I was like that nerd with the phone out taking pictures while you're up there on the screen. You know, you, you talk about legacy and you even made some references to Kobe Bryant and, uh, you know, you, you bring things down to a level where there's no intimidation with our conversation. You know, you, you talk to your administrators, your fellow people you work with as you're one of the guys. And, you know, I've worked under several bosses in my life and there's a lot of places you can go where you feel like you're the peon or you feel like, hey, I can have a conversation with the boss or I'll be a part of the conversation and feel like your input's being listened to. And um, I wasn't alone when I when I speak that. So uh, I do want to say I appreciate what we had yesterday. It was a lot of great information. Uh, and so, again, another example of just leadership and, uh, you know, from us, you know, me and Cash and the community, we do appreciate that. Really do. Well, I appreciate that. Appreciate uh, all of your hard work out at Center Hill. And I'm very, uh, very excited about the upcoming year and uh, also very appreciative of all of our, our principals and assistant principals. Uh, who were there yesterday in attendance. Uh, we had uh, everyone together along with our central services support staff. And uh, it was just important for everyone to come together and, and start focusing on the year with one common goal. And uh, as our teachers come back, we have such a hardworking group of teachers and, and support staff at each of our schools. And we want to make sure that when our teachers step through the door, uh, their first day back that we have everything prepared for them so they can have a successful year. But as you were talking about yesterday, uh, one of the things that uh, I was mentioning to everyone was about leaving a legacy and it's, it's our work every day and, and how we interact with our students. And, and I feel like, especially during this COVID era, uh, that our legacy uh, will be viewed differently in the future because we're the administrators guiding the school district over 34,000 students through this COVID era. And, and we're trying to go through any obstacle that we can to make sure that our students get the best education possible. And, and in a normal school year, you have a lot of challenges, but that was magnified last school year, and then we're prepared for uh, changes, challenges that could come along the way this year, too. Completely agree. During that meeting we had yesterday, I noticed that you brought up a lot of great positives, and some of those I didn't even realize for myself, and I think they would be important to mention. Um, you know, I know they were for us, but I think they benefit the community and the students and the families and everything else. There was a lot of success. You know, I know we had a lot of sports teams. You know, last year, there was always that concern whether or not you'd get to play sports. It was a privilege to play sports, COVID 
all that stuff. But we had like, I think, what, six state champions when it comes to sports. We had several uh, extracurricular activities that were high success. Some of the things that I felt like just listening to all that, you know, is when I speak to my teachers in my building and I talk to a lot of friends, which I have a lot of teacher friends, I felt like the year was tough from start to finish, but we became stronger as a district because we found out that you know, teachers are always, you know, successful versus, you know, adversity. That was the highest level of adversity teachers in my mind have ever had last year. And we made it through it. And teachers were still successful. Kids were still successful. We still were successful in sports. And we're the largest school district in the state. You know, and you put all that together, as well as like you mentioned, if you took our virtual learning kids out, we, you know, that is a top 10 size school district. So you put all those things together that is a huge testament to what DeSoto County Schools is, what the school board does, what you do, and the trickling down of administration all the way down to the lowest level and just general staff. I think that's pretty epic. And I think that's something that deserves to be mentioned and spoken about. You know, it's not something you're going to get in the local news a whole lot. You know, they'll be like, oh, yeah, they did pretty good. Well, they just want to hear what's, what's wrong, what's the problem, you know. What's the, so what, what can you expand on that? What has that been like from your level up there, seeing it down to, you know, the individual schools, over 40 campuses? What does that feel like? I agree with you that I believe when people look back at our school year last year and then into this school year too, it's going to be very important for our community because uh, we were not a district uh, that just sent everybody home and, and everybody learned virtually all year uh, like it was in other parts of America. And we want to make sure that our students were able to keep getting an education. And going back in person last August was a challenge because none of us, even as the leader of the school district, I had no idea exactly how everything would play out last year. Uh, our teachers and our administrators and staff did a great job of implementing COVID-19 protocol so that we could keep our schools open, so that the parents who wanted to send their children to school to learn in person could do that. And, and those who wanted to learn virtually would have that opportunity. Uh, learning virtually was a challenge for uh, the students and the parents and also the teachers, too. It was something that had never been done before. But we started the year with over 13,000 virtual students, as you alluded wow. to earlier. That, that alone would be the fifth largest school district in the state by itself. And so it was a challenge for everyone to go through uh, that entire process. But our goal for all the learners, whether it was in-person or virtual, was to offer the best education that we possibly could under those circumstances. And, and it's just a testament to the teamwork and all the hard work throughout the district. Our schools stayed open all year. Our uh, teachers and administrators really monitored the cases and, and monitored social distancing as much as they possibly could uh, throughout the year because the goal was for students to be successful. So if we're talking about academic success, we were able to keep them in school and, and, and keep everyone receiving a, a great level of education, but at the same time, extracurricular activities. Uh, there was a lot of worry, as you mentioned, uh, going into last school year about whether or not we'd even be able to have sports. Our coaches uh, took seriously uh, the protocols that needed to be in place. Uh, we did have a few outbreaks here and there, and more so in sports because of just the type of activity. There's a, it's different than sitting in English class and being out on the football field blocking and tackling. I mean, you're, you're having more interaction. That's the only way possible to play the sport. And so we did see some of that, but at the same time, uh, we were able to keep our sports up and running. We had six team state champions. We had uh, several individual state champions in some of those sports, such as track and cross country and, 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 that, uh, and those. But also, I, I believe our bands would have competed for state titles and, and probably won no state titles no last doubt. year because they always do. Uh, but they were not able to last year but at the state level because they didn't have the state competition. So even though we won six, 
Uh, we could have got up there to seven or eight, I believe, truly, if we'd have had the band state team. I, I agree. I mean, uh, the bands here are pretty epic. I'm not. I'm not. Gonna, awesome. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. you mentioned something. We talked about virtual learning and stuff. What does the visual of virtual learning look like moving forward? We want all of our students to be back in person. Uh, I think that most people would agree that that is the best form of education is for students to be in the classroom. And so what we're doing now, though, we realize that there could be some challenges out there that some of our families may face, whether it's a child who's got some type of medical condition or if they have a family member who has a medical condition. And so we're wanting to work with those students and offer homebound services like we've done in the past, except now uh, more people are becoming aware of it because of covid and so we are we're, uh, working on a case-by-case basis with uh, students who have either an individual case or something in their family, someone in their household. And so we're working with those students, and uh, we'll be working through uh, those situations from the district level to make sure that we're able to offer them an education and a safe environment too. Awesome. And the last thing I want to talk about is what I would call a success from last year that kind of leads into this year is, is that last year we rolled into what we would call the, I guess, the infancy stages of a one-to-one initiative. And I know for a fact as the person who's responsible for it at my school that we are going to be full-blown one-to-one for this upcoming year. And so uh, that's pretty exciting news for considering that we are the largest school district, uh, knowing that we're going to have, you know, that many computer devices, things of that nature to be out there so that every kid has an opportunity in the classroom as well as home uh, to be able to have electronic device, to be able to continue education, build on it, and basically be, you know, the tip of the spear when it comes to the future of education in this area. Exactly. And that was uh, one benefit of last school year is the fact that we, we I've always wanted to be a one-to-one initiative district. Uh, the challenge is the initial outlay of money uh, for that. And we'd actually talked about, you know, years down the road, that we wanted to be there and what do we need to do financially as far as budgeting ahead for it. So with the ESSER funding, which came in from the federal government, uh, every student in the district last year was able to receive a device that was either brand new, uh, one-year-old, or two years old. We tried to keep everything under three years of age that they were getting last year as far as the age of the devices. Uh, what we've done this summer is we've purchased more devices to where uh, every device that will go out this next year, whether it's a laptop or an iPad, uh, will be uh, within eight months of age or brand new. And so the, the devices that were older last school year, they'll be uh, phased out and we'll put newer devices in there for them. And then also uh, with the ESSER funding that we've received, uh, we are looking long range at the one-to-one initiative. And so our plans long range are to earmark some of our ESSER money so that we can buy brand new devices again in 2024. Because we know that the devices we have now, they'll be obsolete by then. Because when you have a one-to-one initiative, you always have to replenish them. So uh, we're taking advantage of the uh, money that is given to our district to make sure that it's going to benefit the students. And so not only are we getting the brand-new devices for them now, but we're also going to get another brand-new set of devices in 2024. That's awesome. Corey, let's go ahead and get right to the meat and potatoes. A lot of the parents in the community uh, out there are concerned about how the schools are going to address or handle COVID. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's becoming popular again. Uh, you know, they're talking about variants and different things. Moving forward for this school year, what comes in August, this is, this is the parent, this is the community member, this is the student who's listening to our show. What, are, what do they need to expect when it comes to how the school is going to be handling when it comes to COVID preparation? And then some of the hot topics I'm thinking about are like, uh, you know, like masks, vaccinations, quarantines. If you could touch on that kind of stuff and let them know uh, what the school district is looking like. Well, I believe that a lot of the protocols that 
uh, parents saw last year at school will still take place. A lot of it will be a little more optional at the school level as far as what works for each principal and each faculty. Uh, for example, during the school day, uh, we'll have more students back in the classroom than we had last year. So in some situations where we were able to social distance, that social distancing will be more challenging because you'll have more students who actually be in person. Uh, but principals have the option as far as uh, when it comes to the cafeteria. Uh, some some principals like the fact that uh, they were serving uh, grab-and-go lunches last year and they go back to the classroom and cut down the number of students in there. So they may see that, uh, may still see staggered class changes so there won't be as many uh, students in the hallway at one time. Uh, we're going back to the ESSER money I mentioned a minute ago. We're using that uh, to replace our water fountains uh, with uh, water bottle filling stations. Uh, that is something that is going to be an ongoing process that throughout this school year and probably even into the next school year. But uh, talking about masks and vaccinations, you mentioned those two. Uh, both masks and vaccinations are recommended by the Mississippi State Department of Health. Uh, they said that every child should wear a mask. They said that every child that's over 12 should be vaccinated. Uh, we're letting parents know about those recommendations from them. As far as any type of mask mandate, though, uh, schools in Mississippi are not under a mask mandate at this time. And so because we're not under any type of mandate, uh, mask will not be required. We uh, obviously they're allowed at school and you know, we want to make sure that everyone feels comfortable at school. But we also believe that parents should be able to make the choice regarding their child, uh, whether we're talking about mask or vaccination, either one of those two topics. And so parents will be informed of the recommendations that have been brought forth by the Mississippi State Department of Health. And then each parent will be able to make uh, that decision based on what works best for their family. One of the things I was going to talk about was events and sports and activities, but I think you kind of just basically said the exact same thing. We're going to follow the same protocols last year. Mm -hmm. But I do want to bring this up because this happened in the last few days. There was an article in the DeSoto Times, and it was referencing the Mississippi Department of Health and their guidelines. And the EMS director, um, I think his name is Mark Davis, he's quoted as saying that teachers and staff and students should be screened weekly for COVID. As well as, he also followed up by saying that if you're going to play sports, you're going to be tested once a week. Whenever I read stuff like that, I, I look for those key words. You know what I mean? There's, there's required or optional. Or, and some of the key things he says is like, you, you know, you're, you should be versus you're going to be. Uh, you know, those are, those are big difference in, you know, language there. But what do you, what do you say to this article that just came out? Uh, there are no plans to test sports teams on a weekly basis. And also there are no plans to uh, give random testing of uh, unvaccinated students either. Once again, going back to that, uh, it's a parental decision uh, as far as vaccinations are concerned. We don't want to, to point out or single out students uh, who have not been vaccinated. Uh, but I will say this about quarantines. Uh, the quarantine procedures are going to be similar to last year in that if there are close contacts, uh, the Mississippi State Department of Health will still be requiring uh, those close contacts to go through quarantine procedures. But there are some options in there this year that we did not have last year, and we are trying to do all that we can to uh, prepare for that and help parents along the way. Uh, one of those options will be is if a child is – called uh, if a parent is, is notified that their child is a close contact to a case in class. 
in the in the last year, the, if you'll remember at the beginning, they had to be quarantined for 14 days. Oh, yes. yes. Those were fun phone calls, let oh, me tell you. I, I can imagine. And so then, and I got the phone calls too on the other end of it. <laughs> so then, on the, and then, and, and both of my kids both got quarantined, you know, during the school year. I mean, it was just part of it. And then they they then lessened it down to 10 days. And they also even put on the 10 days that if you got a, a negative test after seven days, you could go back to school. And so all of those, you know, the 10 days and, and the seven days, that's still coming into play. But one of the things that we lobbied for all last year is uh, because, and this is something our parents asked for, and, and we asked all last year, and fortunately we're going to be able to do it, is parents will now have the opportunity for their child to test out of quarantine. And so what that'll be now is, is parents will get the phone call, okay, uh, close contact, 10 days out of school, or you can choose to uh, have your child provide a negative COVID screen up to three times over a seven-day period. And so as a parent, and we know a lot of parents are not able to take off work. It's very inconvenient for them. We obviously want to keep students at school if they're not showing symptoms, if they don't have COVID, because we want our students in the classroom. And so uh, parents will have that option to take care of it. We are working with the Mississippi State Department of Health to get uh, free testing just for that purpose only. No other test will be issued except for if a parent would like for their child to remain at school and be tested as a close contact, obviously with parental consent. And so we're working with them uh, about getting free testing uh, for our parents uh, for that one reason only. It won't be used if, if a student says, I'm not feeling well and I, I'd like to be tested, that those students will be referred to a medical clinic. Uh, it won't it'll only be for students who have been identified as a close contact within the last week that would, their parents would like for them to remain in school and they've got parental consent. It's all about trying to help students stay in school, those students who are not sick and not showing symptoms and do not have COVID. That, that's great. Let's shift into a more positive direction. You know, I mean, COVID, you know, we, everybody wants to put that behind us. I know that, but it is still, it's still in front of us in this forefront. But uh, something that's happened this past, you know, last year or so and going through this now is growth of the district. I know our school has grown. We've now become a 6A. I know just about every school in the entire county has grown, uh, some way more than others. And we're adding classrooms to multiple schools. Uh, we have a whole new Lewisburg Middle School, which looks phenomenal, by the way. What is the plan for the district moving ahead i mean like there's a lot of rumors swirling out there you know and i don't like to get into rumors but when when i got you in front of the mic i got to ask the question um you know what is the what is the plan for the district you know are, you, are we looking at more schools are we going to continue to add on anything you could mention so the parents can know like what kind of direction their their communities are going sure starting out with lewisburg and you mentioned that uh we'll be opening lewisburg middle school uh this school year and uh, the reason that Lewisburg Middle School is being built um, is because of the, the growth in the Lewisburg area. What we're going to be doing there is uh, we've had two elementary schools that have been three grades each. And so now by building a new middle school, we're able to have three, uh, three schools with only two grades each uh, for our elementaries. And so they'll transition every two years instead of every three years at Lewisburg. And those students will be able to stay together. Uh, there was some question about, well, should you build an elementary school off campus? Should you build uh, this school in this location? A few things with that. If we'd have built an elementary school in a different location instead of the middle school, we still would have been in the same 
problem when in the future with the middle school because we would have run out of room to expand the current middle school. And that was basically uh, the biggest stumbling block we had at Lewisburg is that the primary school and the elementary school are right next to each other. And if you ever look at an aerial shot of those two schools, eventually they were going to run into each other if, right. if we right. uh, didn't do something. And so that's the reason it's being built. And it was also – uh, important to pull it away from the campus just because of traffic and and if you've ever been out there you know in the morning or afternoon during uh, pickup oh i have it's, it's not uh, fun i'm it, not gonna lie it's tough and so i think parents are gonna see that right off the bat you know they'll see less cars on campus but when we say that well there'll be less cars on campus but will there be less cars on campus 10 years from now it'll probably be back to where it has been and so we've got to do something now to alleviate uh, that traffic flow for the next few years as Lewisburg continues to grow. But just to put it in perspective for you, like right now with the size of Lewisburg High School, we feel like with the current setup of the, the schools there, uh, the high school could get up to 17, 1,800 students without the other schools being affected. We would just have to keep adding on to the high school. So uh, middle the middle school is built to where we can continue to add on, talking about the new one. And then the elementary schools will have plenty of room to grow because, as we said, uh, they were designed for three grades, and now they're only going to have two each. And then in the other areas at DeSoto Central, uh, we just built 22 classrooms uh, last school year at the high school, built a freshman academy there. Uh, so that's really helping them. Uh, we also have plans uh, to build uh, either eight or ten classrooms at DeSoto Central Middle uh, within the next year. And then uh, we're also going to be expanding the cafeterias at DeSoto Central High School and DeSoto Central Middle School. Wow. You and I worked together at DeSoto Central High School. Uh, it was a smaller cafeteria. Uh, is DeSoto Central High School and Olive Branch High School both have the same size cafeteria. It's a lot smaller than the, than the other six high schools. And so uh, we're actually going to be expanding uh, the DeSoto Central High Cafeteria and the middle school because of the continued growth. But that's one of those areas that's never grown on the campus. The cafeteria stayed the same size, right, even though you right, got more right, students right. and more classrooms. So we're adding on there. And then in the area of Fernando, and I'm sure that may have been what you were alluding to as far as rumors are concerned, but we are uh, looking at uh, the possibility of purchasing land for the future in Hernando, uh, not to add any school zones or anything of that nature, uh, but we are going to uh, be looking at adding a school into the rotation in Hernando because of the fact that just like at Lewisburg, we had to add a school into the rotation to help alleviate uh, the crowding in those schools. And one of the challenges in Hernando is kind of like what we talked about with Lewisburg, the schools being right on top of each other. At Hernando Elementary School and at Oak Grove and at Hernando High School, uh, those are landlocked. Uh, like Hernando Elementary is a great example. Uh, it was built in the 1970s, and that was when it was great to have a neighborhood elementary school. It's great to build a neighborhood until you're trying to expand it, you know, and then <laughs> yes. you, you run out of room because you've got houses all around it. And so uh, so that's a challenge for us there, just like it is at Oak Grove as far as space and just like it is at Hernando High School. If you uh, drove by Hernando High School lately, you'll see that we've added 10 classrooms there. And so we've taken up about the last square inch of land that we've got there that could be available for uh, classroom space at the high school as it continues to grow. And so... Uh, growth is a great thing because it, we want the county to, to thrive. We want businesses to move here. We we like for good, positive growth 
uh, in the county, but at the same time, we've got to make sure to be forward-thinking and to be visionary when it comes to that. Mr. Olson, I can't thank you enough, man. I, I know I've taken a lot of your time today, and uh, it's been nothing but fantastic. It, it means a lot to, like I said, our listeners and everything, and I think you uh, have put enough information out there that people can make a quality opinion about how they feel about coming up next year, and uh, you know, you can always reach out to your individual schools and principals and stuff with any, any special concerns. And if anything, you should feel like you're supported. And I think that's what they uh, I get from this and how the district's going to handle things. And so, again, I really appreciate your time today. And uh, I look forward to seeing how the school year goes and uh, hope to get you back on again soon if something else pops up. Yeah, I'd love to come back on. I appreciate the work that y'all are doing through the podcast. It's a, a positive show, one that promotes the community. And uh, I think we need more positive news out there. And uh, you're doing a great job. And Center Hill High School, and also with the podcast. We appreciate all you do. I'm going to keep that recording, uh, you know, for, for a long time. Please do. There you go. <laughs> all right. Thank you again. Do you think you're paying too much for insurance or you're tired of not actually getting an agent when you call? I think it might be time to switch to the home team at Farm Bureau Insurance. Josh McIntyre is our local agent and supports our schools, our local businesses, community, and even takes care of all our insurance needs. That's home, life, and auto. Give him a call today, 662-893-5250, or visit him at his office at 6901 Cockrum Road, which is Highway 305. Are you tired of an unimpressive lawn or need some help from a local professional to get your yard the way you want it? Look no further than Master Lawn for your weed control and fertilizing needs. Master Lawn has been serving the Olive Branch community and surrounding areas for over 25 years and is ready to add you to their long list of satisfied customers. Contact them today for a free quote through their website, www.masterlawninc.com or call 901-250-0873. All right, guys, it's time for that fact of the week. And this is brought to you by Rob Long of the DeSoto County Museum, which is located in Hernando on Commerce Street, right across from the Area 51 Ice Cream Shop. They are open Tuesday through Saturday and have numerous exhibits for your viewing and learning pleasure. Do not miss out. It is a great place to go. It is free admission. And you're likely to catch Rob in there, who will give you a lot of extra facts with all these great things you'll see. Our fact of the week this week is, in 1928, B.J. Chain came to Olive Branch as a 22-year-old right out of college looking to become a teacher and a coach. He was hired as the high school math and science teacher and as the athletic coach for DeSoto County Agricultural High School that later became Olive Branch High School in 1931. Coach Chain served the city of Olive Branch for 43 years as a teacher, a coach, principal at Olive Branch High School, as well as a superintendent of Olive Branch Consolidated Schools. He dedicated his life to the educational needs of the youth in Olive Branch, and it's fitting that B.J. Chain Library is named after him. Hundreds of former students of his owe their success in life to the fact that he worked tirelessly tutoring them, making them get an education, and refusing to let them fall through the cracks. He would not give up on what he called strugglers. He was never elected or appointed to public office, but B.J. Chain nonetheless left an incredible mark on Olive Branch. His service to the community makes him arguably Olive Branch's most outstanding citizen of the 20th century. I'm glad that we have something like this to give recognition to somebody who normally wouldn't necessarily get it. Like, yes, he does have a library named after him, but to hear the story that he has right there to just come to the community completely invest yourself into it as a teacher as a coach, coach principal superintendent anything you can do to just help families and children reach their potential that's why you get into something like that 
Well, here's the thing also I like about it is, is that they made a good point right here. The author did an awesome job. And Rob, thank you for this, is that most people who get buildings named after them Donate because money. money is number one mm-hmm. or a political office they were elected to for long periods of time. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? You know, and because you were elected so much, they consider your service, you know, fantastic. Yeah. He served the community for over 40 years in a non-elected role in every capacity and was so well-liked they named after him. So to me, that is even a higher regard for his as an individual. I think it's an awesome fact. I couldn't agree more. And how about, like, when you were saying that it's Soto County Agricultural High School, I was like, what in the world is this thing? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> and then to find out that it's Olive Branch High School, wow. Yeah, like, bravo cool. to just A, the city for everything that you're going through and have grown into. But also, BJ Chain, thank you so much for everything you did for this great city. Absolutely. Again, guys, reminder, if you're enjoying what you're listening to, please make sure you're sharing this information because we love the fact of the week. We get so many compliments and a lot of comments as well as emails talking about the fact of the week as well as people send us some every once in a while. And of course, we run to the right by Rob and he checks them out and that leads to a lot of our information we do every week. So please make sure you're sharing this with your friends on Facebook, Twitter, you're also making sure you like our stuff when it comes to the podcast so that everybody gets this amazing information. Now, I do hear that you went and saw a movie this week with uh, Titan. That's right. Me and my son decided to get out a little father-son time, and uh, we wanted to go check out. We're, we're Marvel fans. We yep. like the Marvel movie series. They think they do a good job. And we decided to go catch the uh, Black Widow. Of course, we went to the Malco Movie Theater right there in Olive Branch. Andy and them are just fantastic, as always. It's always a great experience. And, of course, you know, the, all the food they have there. I'm not going to lie to you. I dropped a $50 bill right there at Olive Branch. Dude, I ordered some of the best food. Did you get the nachos? Oh, God. Of course, my son got his normal. He got popcorn, but I got got the chicken tenders, fries. We got, uh, you know, of course, I'm a sucker for cherry coke. I call it heroin. So I'll be like, I I ordered heroin. My son's like, (laughs) they don't know what that means, Dad. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. It's just like, it's like, you know, it's like, they will soon enough. They will, you know. And so, and of course, we can cut some MM. I mean, like, trust me, it it was worth every penny. Did you put the MMs in the popcorn? Are you one of those people? No, I've never heard of such a thing. Oh, you don't put chocolate in your popcorn and then just go and give it a nice little shake? It does something magical to mix your textures. Oh, changing my world. Go ahead and do it. Worth it. What are we doing this afternoon? Are we going to the movie? No. Yeah. <laughs> Hot wings. Next Hot week. Wings. Hot wings, yes, ne- yes. Next week, we got All you. All right, so let's get to the movie review itself. Black Widow. Guys, I'm going to go ahead and tell you. I'm not going to give you any spoilers of the movie. I'm just going to give you a quick synopsis, a recommendation, whether you watch it or not. Out of a 1 to 10, I'm going to give it a strong 7 oh, for wow. entertainment value. Uh, the writing is okay. They bring in some new characters, uh, you know, um, the Red Guardian, and uh, they give you the Red Room, which is the background of how the Black Widow was created, mm-hmm. the, you know, her character. I uh, assume they probably didn't go as dark as they painted her in the, her first kind of no, on-screen time. No, they, they really decided to go on the light edge. They, they, they focused more on her family background okay. than they did her training and darkness of what was going into it, um, which is... Was, which was necessary because if they had gone that route, it would have been it wouldn't have been appropriate for kids. Honestly, yes. I mean, just saying because what they did show you, they kind of give you like glimmers of the how rough it could be, but they didn't give you the vi- true visuals. It would have been that Charlize Theron movie. Yeah, it would have been a little too much. It would have been a little too much. Understandable, but overall, I gave it a seven. Um, you know, I just had some. I, I'm really particular. I, you know, I go into movies with the expectations, so I want to see this. I want to see that. You know. Well, um, and this one was so hard because it was supposed to be released two years ago, and then the timing now that Avengers is already over is kind of like, 
Mm, yeah. What are we doing? They did a pretty decent job of, you know, trying to make that not really so much of an issue. Okay. You know, of course, they give you some lead-ins for the, down the series and stuff. But uh, the the casting was good. The characters were good. The henchmen, you know, like I always think about the Bond <laughs> movies, you know, you have your main bad guy and you have his primary henchman. Mm-hmm. I think they fluffed him up really good, but it didn't follow through as well as it could have, you know. So that's just personal opinion. Overall, do I say it's worth going to the theater to watch it? I think it's really something you do need to see in theater just because of you know the visuals there are mm-hmm. some really cool visuals in this and having that theater quality will make a difference that's where going to malco is going to make a big deal uh, but overall movie i give it about a seven so please go support your local malco get the popcorn throw the candy in there thank us later i promise it will change your world for the better and whatever you do don't order it off of disney plus for an extra thirty dollars like i it just pains me to see that we already pay for a service and they want to add the, one of those add-ons. And that's how we got all these microtransactions oh, yeah. and video games. Well, and the, the tickets to the movie was not $50. No. No, the, the tickets were, were reasonable. It was one of, when I went to the concession stand and bought dinner. Yeah. We're, we're, yeah, we're, yeah, we're, yeah I mean, <laughs> we, we're, we're just bigger people. So we buy dinner for three or four yeah, and I mean, enjoy like, it in me, ourselves. I mean, like, and the movie is two hours and like 13 minutes long. I needed snacks. Yeah. Okay. You, you know, know yeah, you got to get through it. You know, it's, again, it's part of the experience. Yes. Man. Don't go in there and just fluff it. I mean, come on. And something right, else that is about experience yes. is a little bit of live entertainment. And as we mentioned about the Mid-South Fair earlier in the show, Sam Hunt is going to be coming on September the 24th, the second day that will be open, a Friday. If you buy a ticket, you even get free admission into the Mid-South Fair. And the casinos are having a little bit of live entertainment as Sarah Evans is going to be coming to Gold Strike and Gary Allen will be coming to the Horseshoe in the months of September. Guys, we'll put that information in the show notes with dates once that becomes 100% official, and maybe even try to add some links so that you can get directly there. We want to promote entertainment for the area. This is becoming a young and vibrant community. Especially Um, drivable entertainment that you don't have to do anything. So we want to try to help with that, and we're going to try to add it to the show when we hear about good concerts or uh, entertainers coming in the area. We want everybody to have a good time. Guys, the last bit of news we're going to talk about is sports. Uh, there was some big news here in the SEC yeah, here recently. I, I heard a new team is coming to your nice little conference down here. Man, I tell you, so were you happy or sad this was happening? A, a little bit of both because I do love a lot of the Big 12 teams that we play. I love the aspect of seeing all of them. But any opportunity I can now to see our little brother, Texas A&M, just wither in fear <laughs> that their big bad older brother is coming to take their limelight. So the big bad older brother is Texas. Is yes. what Cash is talking about. Texas is uh, his his passion. That is he's a diehard Texan fan, and so uh, that is right. The University of Texas and, and Oklahoma, of Oklahoma will be joining the SEC. Now they have not shown us how they're going to add them. We don't know if there's going to be an East West where they split them because you know I remember last time we had two teams add. One went to the east, one went to the west, even mm-hmm. though they were both in the west. You know? <laughs> Didn't really make much sense, but Mizzou was just happy for the paycheck, so they said, yes, yes. Do, do whatever you need for us. Right. So if I had to guess, then I would imagine they might do the exact same thing because Texas and Texas A&M would be together on the west side, yep. and Oklahoma well, Missouri. and Missouri would be on the east side. Um, well, no, because you, you're not going to separate Texas and Oklahoma regardless of anything. So Oklahoma will be on the west side. You say that, but yeah. it could be a consideration. So if we're coming as that's a pa- the, that's the debate. If right we're here. coming as a package deal, we're going to play each and every year. That much I'm. I will bet anything on that. Oh, I got you. Well, you know, some SEC West teams play East teams during the season. Not so, every year, though. Not every year. I and know. The, the, there's just no way that they're going I know. to. The Red risk. River Shootout is, is yeah. classic. You have to play. 
And I mean, it's taking place at the Texas State Fair, which if you want to talk about getting some food, I can only imagine. <laughs> open up the checkbook, <laughs> yeah, right. loosen the belt. Don't even bring it. Like, <laughs> just, just get those pants that are four sizes too big. Yeah. And everything's elastic. You should oh, look yeah. like MC Hammer running through that yard. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So like you say, all right, so these two are going to be on the yeah, same side. No I, which I, I imagine Texas and Oklahoma are going to be on the west side. And then some of the, your East uh, SEC East fans are probably going to be upset because I imagine Alabama and Auburn will move to the east. Ooh, you're going to make the line right there on the Mississippi-Alabama line. Right? I think that's what's going to end up making the most sense because then you have a nice, strong top. Very powerful SEC East with Georgia, Florida, Alabama, Auburn, and then you kind of got you your know that, Vandy, you know that kind of Missouri, that kind of screws the Mississippi Alabama connection. Yes. You realize that? I mean, like they are the closest proximity opponents to each other. Mm-hmm. Ole Miss, Mississippi State, uh, Alabama, and Auburn, yeah, like that. They're all within like three, four hours of each other. Right? Yeah. No, so I mean, now I we're going to separate those two, and now Mississippi uh, State and Ole Miss will have to travel much farther distances to play their normal Western conference yeah. opponents. You know, that hurts that way, but the money that will be rolling in for the new super conference. Well, I mean, you just look at the depth of the sec West. I mean, you get Ole Miss Mississippi state. Like you said, you have LSU, you have Texas A&M, Texas, Oklahoma, like, and Arkansas. Whoo. That is, those are some heavy hitters. Going back and forth, no week doubt. in, week out. You know, there's no Vanderbilt, no Kentucky, nothing like that. It's going to be an interesting thing to see how all of this unfolds. Yeah, I agree. And I agree. if an A&M is allegedly calling, uh, hey, everyone, come talk to us, because this has been going on for six months behind the scenes, and they haven't gotten a lick of information, completely blindsided about us coming to join. Well, here's the deal. You just better be happy they had that feeds you because yeah. they have just now created the super conference. There is one conference and the rest of them. Yeah, I mean, you could stack up the top of the rest. I mean, you could throw Florida State, Clemson, Ohio State. And, I mean, Pac-12. I don't even know if there's a you super conference. Florida team. State. I mean, they're 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 old news now. I mean, you look at like you said. Clemson, I mean, you, you're still Ohio getting all State, those you, top recruits, but I mean, it's, it's Clemson or bust, really. I, I hear you, one hundred percent. I mean, like, here's the deal: that changes recruiting for everything. Yeah, because anybody who plays in the SEC is going to be played on national television almost week in, every week, week out. I mean, every week. You're talking about money rolling in. Now that we're going to a higher pro, um, a higher playoff, we're going to get half the SEC is going to be in the playoff. If not more, I mean, I mean, it could very well be seven, eight teams from the SEC. So it's not going to be the guy who wins the SEC. It's going to be the guy who wins the SEC, his opponent, and who was third and yeah. fourth going to it. I mean, it's going to be the ACC winner. It's going to be the Big Ten winner. The Pac-12. The Pac-12 we'll maybe winner. Maybe get somebody in there. Yeah, and it's been I, so dismal lately. I don't even think the Big 12 is a conference anymore. <sighs> I, I think those teams kind of go scrambling <laughs> to whoever letdown. will take them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, the Big 12 that was 10, that is now uh, the, the small eight. You know who's mattering to anybody? Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. State. Yeah. <laughs> they're just like, whoa. Like, there was rumors around that Oklahoma State's trying to invoke a law that says Oklahoma and Oklahoma State cannot be separated. And uh, I'm just laughing. It's just like, hey, guys, you, you said you would hate me. Don't leave me. Don't leave me. <laughs> it's not fair. Yeah. So, I mean, hopefully Oklahoma State and A&M just go have a nice little conference with themselves together. And who I truly hurt the most for is Kansas State because it's just a fun watch. Bill Snyder did a great job with that program. He did a lot of junior college players 
giving them a second opportunity. So uh, I hope that they can be able to bounce back and still have something. But as a Texas fan, I couldn't be happier. As a, all of y'all know who have been listening, I've already been talking trash with Mississippi State when they beat us and then went on to win the national championship. And yep. I've still got Steven hoarding or whatever you say, holding that against me and above my head. As so, he should. As, as he, he should. should. I mean, I, I'm going to be doing the same thing. It's the first time we beat Mississippi State in anything. And he's going to come back with that title, but it doesn't matter. Recency bias. That's all I'm going to care about. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The other thing I'm concerned about when you talk about this is, is that when you create a super conference, because that's what it feels like. Yes. I mean, like, so we're going to have that many stellar teams and programs, but you're also, it's going to force other conferences to have to step up. I mean, like, yeah, that's the Big Ten, right? Yeah. But I mean, like, do they go out and try to add, you know, a, a, Who? Some more marquee programs? Do they want to go, hey, Clemson, come on over here. Or there's hey, no way Clemson would leave the ACC because, like now, all of the massive, massive teams are in the SEC. Hey, money talks. I mean, money could talk, but you know what else talks? Being able to just cakewalk yourself into the playoff and not having to worry about anything else. Like if you're Clemson, why are you leaving the ACC? Like I mean, you you have the U. No one goes to the U anymore. Like you said, Florida State's old news. So you have like kind of two tough games a year and you're in the playoff? Maybe two tough games. Yeah, and you still get televised all the time. That's the thing. But this is, this is going to create the pattern of a team that loses three times in the SEC is deemed better than a team that's undefeated, undefeated in the ACC. But you're still in the playoff, so that's all that matters. Right, and so, I mean, it's, it's going to change the dynamic. It also kills the small conferences. You know, like your Sun Belt, your Mid-America, all those things like that. I mean, like, yeah, don't get me wrong. They're up and coming like that, but you'll never be able to compete with that TV money. No. You'll never be able to compete with that but kind I mean, of paychecks kids, coming in. But here's the thing that I like what a lot of those small conferences do is they play on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And a lot of gamblers and bettors already know it. That's maxion, baby. Like, we're going and you're seeing 80 points scored a game on the regular. And it's just a lot of fun to have that midweek kind of thing. They're almost creating their own different sport at A, the pace of play that they do the style of play but it's just so much more fun and just different than what you see on saturdays so i think that there's still very much a place for them to go and junior college players they still need a place to go i mean that's where we went or in other players going right out of the gate so i don't think it's going to hurt that part of college football but like you said they're just not going to be able to go to the dance and that's already been a problem for boise state byu memphis and a couple of those other schools yeah and so, I mean, is it really changing? <laughs> They're already not going. They just won't continue to go. So, in my opinion, my whole opinion, this hurts college football. This addition to those two because it makes it unbalanced. I think the Pac-12 was already suffering because, you know, they have, Pac-16, you mean? Yeah, really. Um, like, they were already suffering because, I mean, like, they, they've lost those dominance routes. So they don't have an organ like they used to. They don't have a USC like they used to. They don't have – you name one Pac-12 program that you consider that has been a dominant program yeah. for the last five years. You can't. I mean, what hurts them the most is that everyone's asleep by the time they're playing. Yeah, I mean, don't get wrong. That, don't get wrong. Your time playing, but still, name one of those programs over there that's been perennial. You know, None of in them. the last five years. None but, of them. But I mean, have. like a lot of that was a the recruiting violations they went through back in 05, 6, and seven, and then it's unfortunately you don't get the primetime slots because no one wants to wait till go into to the, you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's just part of the problem. And then it's just like, you can't have California people going into a football stadium at 4 PM. 
you know, when it's prime time for us at 6 p.m., 7 p.m., 5 p.m. for them. And then East Coast is even worse. Right. So it's like part of the, just the market imbalance is time zones and that something like that stinks. Right. But well, I don't know what you again, do with it. Again, now you're going to have this many perennial teams in the SEC that are all fighting for, you know, the realistic playoff spot. Mm-hmm. Realistic. And so it's going to be quite interesting. I mean, like, you're, of course, there's always going to be controversy. Yeah. There's always going to be a person that complains that that's not fair, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but it's going to be an interesting year of college football. I can't wait to see how they're actually going to divvy it up and see what's the West, well, what's the East. There's even been talking of pods. Have you heard about the pod thing? I have, and I, I don't like it. And I think an Ole Miss fan is the person that made it. I don't know if you saw those pods or anything. <laughs> but <laughs> Dagger. The, oh, absolutely. I mean, did you see it? The West was Texas, LSU, A&M, and Oklahoma. Oklahoma. The North was Ole Miss, Missouri, Kentucky, and Vanderbilt. Yeah, I'll miss person made <laughs> <laughs> The South was Mississippi State, Auburn, Alabama. And I think I think LSU was at the South because uh the West had Arkansas. Correct. And then the East had what South Carolina, Florida, Florida. Georgia, and uh Tennessee. Tennessee. So I mean it was just like Really, Ole Miss? Like you're just gonna yeah. drop Mississippi State? <laughs> Get that guaranteed yeah. spot? There, you, you're yeah. gonna drop LSU and just be like, no, 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 we're we're in the no, North Pod. Don't that, look at us. Dropped Mississippi State, State and LSU. Your two Ooh. biggest games of the year. Mm-hmm. In yeah. whatever. I mean, come on. That, that, we won the North pod. pod. We won the North. I think pod. that's what hurts it. But pods could work if you get to where you have your four in the SEC, but then every year you rotate who you get to play. And then you get to keep an arch rival game. I, I, do, I did some math on it. So imagine if you play your four, right? Yeah. You have your four teams, which really is just three games mm-hmm. because it's a four person pod. And then you get to choose three other teams in the SEC, and you get to keep your your shootout or your your arch rival. Who's like, going to choose Alabama? Well, Who, who's Auburn gonna... has to because it's the Iron Bowl. Well, they're in the same pod, right? Well, that's true. I'll give you that. But I mean, like, if you're not in that same pod, like, you're going to get to play Mississippi State for the Egg Bowl. If you're for some reason Oklahoma and Texas are, are separated, they're going to play the River yeah. Shootout. I mean, I'm sorry, they're going. They, to. Like you said, money talks. Like, yeah, I, I mean, mean there's like, just no that, way there's around. There's just it. too much cash attached to that. I don't know. Yeah. I think pods cause more problems, but it also could open up things if it's done correctly. I, I I like in theory about it because, like you said, it gives you a lot more schedule things that you can do. But I don't think the NCAA is going to allow something like that much money. And then how you decide goes to a championship game? Or do you have a one and one? To, it's like an internal playoff. Yeah, to the playoff. <laughs> and then, like now that there's, I think twelve teams is what's expanded to, right? That's what we were saying. That's already an extra four games right there. And then you have a playoff before the playoff, and you're looking at it, that. That's an eighteen game season. That's more than the NFL. Yeah. Well, they'd have to shorten. Yeah. But that, I'm with you. I don't think you can. You know. And, and then it goes off rankings, and people get mad. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, I went four and zero in my pod, and you went two and two, but you're better. Yeah, it was just like, well, we didn't play Vanderbilt in Kentucky, Ole Miss, so I, I don't know what you want us to do about that. <laughs> well, we played a real schedule. Yeah, you we're know? in the SEC, guys. Oh, get out of here! Really. Like, at that point, <laughs> you're like, homecoming queen. Yeah, okay. go join Conference USA. Oh, God. anyway, guys, we'll see how it shakes out. We'll, yeah, uh, we'll go, be checking it out for sure. Email us. Let us know what you think about it. You know, did the Black Bears create the pods, or do you care more about? <laughs> black bears <laughs> hey they chose it not me but uh go ahead and let us know if you're a fan of texas and oklahoma joining the sec what you think is going to end up shaking down and this is all supposedly to happen next year 
with the SEC being leaked that they were going to pay for our buyouts. It's wow. like $150 million between the both of us. That's probably chump change. Oh, I mean, like the money that's going to be printed. Like they, the <laughs> SEC might become the new treasury oh, yeah, of new the United States. <laughs> the new men of the South. <laughs> yeah. We are no longer the United States of America. We are the Southeastern Conference of <laughs> States. Yeah. I we mean, rule. there's just so much money. So much money in this. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Guys, we hope you enjoyed the show. We hope you enjoy what we put on here. Uh, we are always wanting to improve and do better for our community. We appreciate all the emails, uh, the messages on Facebook and Twitter, uh, you know, giving suggestions, uh, you know, give us ratings, things like that. We really, really appreciate it. If you enjoy what you've been listening to, we hope you've been going to go to iTunes and give us a positive review. We always appreciate it and hopefully try to give us some shout outs sooner than later. And always check us out on Facebook and Twitter with, at OBPod or OB Podcast and hit the like button so you can see some of the extra stuff we put on there. We put additional content that is not on our audio to try to put out there some more good news, uh, community news, and things that are going on around us so that everybody stays well informed. But other than that, guys, I think we're going to call it a week. And so I'm Zach. And I'm Cash. We'll see y'all. Be-